2: This is Gord Bibby, and I'd like to welcome you to this very special edition of Elevator Club. Oscar Peterson is considered to be one of the greatest pianists of all times. He was born in Montreal, Quebec on August the 15th, 1925, and had a long and illustrious career spanning six decades playing with many of the best known musicians of his times. He was brought up in an atmosphere heavily influenced by the jazz culture and started playing the trumpet when he was five. However, a bout of tuberculosis forced him to stop playing trumpet and he began playing the piano. This unexpected twist of fate directed him towards what would ultimately become his life's calling. On recognizing his son's genius, his father arranged for him to attend classes with the renowned pianist Paul DeMarkey, and Oscar started performing professionally while still in high school. He was deeply influenced by the musicians Teddy Wilson, Nat King Cole, and especially Art Tatum, whom he considered his biggest inspiration. A chance meeting with the impresario Norman Granz led to not just a highly successful professional collaboration, but also a very profound personal one. Over his career, Peterson released over 200 recordings and was rightfully called the Maharaja of the Keyboard. He collected eight Grammy Awards, including one for Lifetime Achievement in 1997. Oscar Peterson passed away at age 82 on December the 23rd, 2007. Now, there is little this program could add to the glowing reviews, accolades, and praise that followed Oscar Peterson throughout his career. His technical virtuosity and artistry has been well documented, so I set out to explore the personal side of Oscar as an artist and family man. I reached out to Oscar's fourth wife, Kelly Peterson, whom Oscar met in 1981 and who was his devoted and loving partner until his death in 2007. Together, they had a daughter, Celine, who was a producer, artist representative, and social media manager working out of Toronto. Kelly produced a compilation album of her husband's previously unreleased compositions back in 2017, entitled Oscar with Love. Included are performances by a who's who of jazz greats including Monty Alexander, Lance Anderson, Kenny Barron, Bill Charlap, Chick Corea, Benny Green, Oliver Jones, Michelle Legrand, Ramsey Lewis, Audrey Morris, and many others. Kelly agreed to an interview to offer some insight into who Oscar was as a husband, father, and worldwide celebrity. We talked about how she met Oscar, their daughter Celine, Oscar's Busendorf Piano, and the Oscar with Love Project. I spoke with Callie recently on October the 15th via Zoom from her office in Toronto. First of all, I I want you to relate the story of how you and Oscar met, because I think that's such a romantic story.
1: It's kind of like a fairy tale, isn't it? Uh, At least that's how I... It's a Cinderella story, sort of. So I had been a fan of Oscars, had grown up, listening to his music because my parents loved jazz and played Oscar and Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Louis Armstrong, Maynard Ferguson was played in our house as well. So there was a lot of jazz being played in the house. I I grew up in New Jersey, not far from New York City, but then my my family moved to Rochester, New York when I graduated from high school because my for my dad's work. So a few years later when I had just, the year I graduated from university, Oscar and Joe Pass were doing one of their duo concerts in Rochester. My mother and brother and I went to that concert. We were all really excited to finally get to hear Oscar play in person. And I, I'll never forget that concert. It was really magical and wonderful. Then. Later that same year, I moved to New York City because that's where I wanted to live and I wanted to work in theater there. So while I was there, the Newport Jazz Festival had had some years during the 70s and early 80s when they were in New York rather than Newport, Rhode Island. And during the Jazz Festival the following summer after I had moved to New York, I, you know, being poor, struggling young, actor could only afford one concert for the jazz festival and opted of course to go hear oscar play which was again a fabulous experience and very very memorable and so that was fine that was great two concerts and i was just thrilled four years later i was living in sarasota florida and had just become a manager i had been waiting tables in a in a restaurant and had just been promoted to manager it was february of 1981 winter season in florida which means you know everybody all hands on deck because it's all busy but oscar was coming to sarasota to play at the van weasel concert hall and it was a saturday night and of course i could not take the night off work and very disappointed because I just thought, oh, I'm missing this concert and wanted to go so badly. However, as it turns out, Oscar does not eat dinner before he plays a concert and needed somewhere to have dinner after the concert was over. We were the only restaurant in Sarasota that served food till one o'clock in the morning. And that was because of liquor laws. And we kept our bar open because we had a little trio playing in the restaurant. So, Oscar's son was his road manager and was checking for a place to eat and said to Oscar, uh, the story that Oscar relayed to me later was OJ said, well, the French restaurant will stay open for you, but there's a fish restaurant called Charlie's Crab and and they serve food till one o'clock. And Oscar said, a French restaurant in Sarasota? Uh, I'll go for fish. So he walked in to the restaurant and I was at the host stand and greeted the two of them and took them to their table, and that's how we met. And I know that had I gone to the concert, I would not have met him because it was I would not have gone backstage to say hello or anything. I would have just gone to the concert. So at any rate, um, throughout the time that they were there for dinner, I was periodically checking to make sure everything was all right. And Oscar said, sit and have a drink. And I said, well, no, <laughs> I'm working. And I'm also making sure that you're not being disturbed by other guests of the restaurant. I did tell him that I was a fan and that I had been to concerts before and, and especially the one in New York a few years previously. So as he was leaving the restaurant to go back to his hotel, he handed me a business card with his phone number handwritten on it and said, if you want to come to my concert in New York this year, call me Collect and come and be my guest, which I thought was extremely charming. and polite and kind and all of that, and never would have presumed it to be a sincere invitation. I just was happy about the idea. Well, he started calling the restaurant and he was on tour in Europe and would call and tell me about the tour and ask me about my day and all of that. So, And he kept saying, are you going to come to New York? So finally I said, well, yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) And that would be yes, that would be great. So like just a couple of days before I was leaving and I had arranged for everything for all my work to be covered by colleagues and all that sort of thing. And I went into the office to tell my boss, the general manager of the restaurant, that I would be gone. I would only miss one day of work because it was the July 4th holiday weekend and, and the restaurant was closed for part of that time. And my boss looked at me and he said, no, Kelly, Uh, You can't go, I'm not gonna let you go. You can't have that day off. And I said, excuse me? He said, no, you can't go. And I just looked at him and I said, okay, well then fire me because I'm going anyway. (laughs) I'm not missing this. I did not get fired. I had a job when I got back and I went to New York and we had a wonderful four days in New York with Oscar where he took me to hear other pianists. In clubs, we, we went to hear Hank Jones play and we went to hear Junior Mann's play and we went out to lovely dinners and then of course his concert at Carnegie Hall so it was a magical time and I really had a great time he was a wonderful gentleman and at the end said will you come and see me again and I said I would love to so the relationship then started to grow from there.
2: Well isn't that amazing that's almost uh romantic movie (laughs) script (laughs) yeah oh that's tremendous well i yeah
1: talk about a meat cube
2: (laughs) Oscar Peterson with arrangement by Klaus Obermann and Antonio Carlos Jobim's Wave. He makes it sound so easy, doesn't he? (laughs) After the break, we'll speak with Kelly Peterson about Oscar the Man and also learn a little bit about their daughter, Celine. That's coming up right after this. You're spending a Sunday evening with Gord Bibby and Elevator Club. Indeed you are, and we are featuring a very special episode of Elevator Club entitled Oscar with Love. We are in conversation with Oscar's wife, Kelly, as we return and talk a little bit about Oscar the man, as well as their daughter, Celine. I've never obviously met Oscar. I'm familiar with his music, but uh, he strikes me as he was a very kind man, a very giving man. Could you tell us a bit about Oscar the man? I know he was a fisherman and he loved to cook.
1: He was very kind, very warm, very humble, down to earth, did love to fish. He, he Especially fly fishing, which he did daily whenever we were at the cottage and it wasn't raining. He would be out on the <laughs> on his boat fly fishing and telling me about how, you know, how to look for where the fish were going to bite, all that sort of thing. He just, he loved it. He loved fishing. He also like really enjoyed cooking. He Oscar loved food and he loved going to fine restaurants. And life was full of those experiences. Um, in the early years when we were on the road and it was so hectic and the tours would really be from one city to the next day after day after day with hardly a day off in between. I remember saying to my mother, wow, it's just crazy." She was saying, you're getting to go to all these places. And I said, yeah, uh, but it's not like you think. Like, (laughs) I'm not psyching. And, And it was the philosophy that I had as well. If all you see are concert halls and hotels and restaurants, you're still experiencing the travel. Then there were other times where we would spend more time in certain cities like London and Paris and Munich. And, and I would get to go out walking and sightseeing and enjoying things. And Oscar would show me a lot of different things and go to museums, that sort of thing. But at any rate, he was interested in technology like crazy, always looking for the next gadget and interested in learning constantly his studio was full of synthesizers and the latest musical equipments that helped him with his composing because it made it like instead of having to sit with pencil and paper he could play something on one of the synthesizers and record it and also then he was with all the advent of synthesis he had a lot of different sounds at his fingertips and he could practically arrange the things that he wrote because he could add the strings, he could add voices, he could add bass and drums and guitar and trumpets and, you know, woodwinds. So that was really wonderful for him. He had a lot of fun with cooking and and trying new recipes. We'd go to dinner and he'd say, hmm, I wanna try making that. And we'd go home and try and make it and it turned out really well. And he had a fabulous sense of humor. And was also quite a practical joker, so life was never dull. <laughs> <laughs> but, but basically, what I tell people is, he exuded joy. I mean, he just he filled a room with his presence. It was it was it's hard to describe in words what that felt like, and, and certainly what it felt like to be at a concert. If you haven't been at a concert in person to experience that. Level of electricity and excitement that comes from the excellence of Oscar and his group and the the incredible level of talent and musicianship it's it's hard to describe but there was always like a tingling in the air for that and and at home he would be relaxed and comfortable and and uh, playful and <laughs> and uh, just exuding joy all the time.
2: What I mean, he did have
1: his moments. You know, everybody has their moments, oh, when sure. they're not always happy. Yeah. But, but, mo- you know, even so, it was still his nature to be interested in learning things and talking and sharing and happy.
2: Tell us a little bit about Celine, because she's, uh, she's quite a talented young gal. Doesn't play piano, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I find no. surprising. I thought Oscar's daughter would learn the piano. but
1: Well, everyone thinks that, which is why her program is called that, because everyone asks her and expects that she would play. But Oscar, in his infinite wisdom, would not teach her himself because he knew that that parent teaching their child is not the best thing. And yes. and she was interested and she took lessons. She wanted to learn and she took lessons for um, a couple of years and Oscar's sister taught her actually uh, but, but it really wasn't her interest, it wasn't her passion. So she didn't pursue it in, and instead she loves listening and being the listener to music she also really well she does she learned so much because we traveled together as a family which I know helped Oscar be able to stay out on the road longer than he otherwise might have and perform longer particularly after his stroke. So she witnessed a lot and and what she loves doing is she does she's a social media whiz kid, uh just so good at social media and promoting things via social media. She just, she boggles my mind with what she knows and what she can do and how well she does it all. But also she represents some musicians as their manager, and she promotes concerts and produces concerts on her own and does her radio program where she's playing a lot of music that she loves. And so she's got quite a variety of things that she does, all very creative. And again, all with great joy and passion and the perspective that she brings when she presents concerts or manages artists and negotiates contracts for them is she knows what what it means to be the art the performing artist she knows what that life is like so i think that the artists she represents really appreciate that from her she also has inherited her father's sense of humor and gives me a hard time sometimes because you know she's a tease <laughs>
2: Well, you must be very proud of her. So, I
1: am very proud of her.
2: Yeah, she's uh, quite a feisty gal. I've I've been on her Facebook page, and uh,
1: oh, she doesn't hold back.
2: No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's great.
1: She's very much a person of her convictions, sure. and lets people know it. We occasionally disagree on things, you know, but. She's, she's her own person, and she needs to be. And that was our goal always, was never to have her in, in a shadow, but to have her finding her own way her own and way, yeah. doing the things that she's passionate about.
3: Little girl, you're the one girl for me little girl you're as sweet as can be just a glance at you meant love from the start oh what a thrill came into my heart little little girl with your cute little ways i am yours For the rest of my days, and this great big world will be divine, little girl, when you're mine, all mine. me a little girl you're as sweet as can be just a glance at you meant love from the start oh what a thrill came into my heart little girl with your cute little ways I am yours for the rest of my days and this great big world Will be divine, little girl, little girl, when you're mine, all mine.
2: The Oscar Peterson Trio with vocal by Oscar himself, Little Girl. Later on, I asked Kelly why Oscar didn't record more vocals. I think you'll find her answer quite remarkable, so stay tuned. After the break, Kelly Peterson relates the story of Oscar's piano, The Bussendorfer. That's coming up right after this.
3: Wherever you are, whatever you're
2: doing, life's much better listening to Elevator Club. Tell us a bit about the, and I hope I pronounce this correctly. The is it the Bosendorfer? Well, that's piano? that's
1: close. It's the actual German pronunciation is Bosendorfer.
2: Bosendorfer, oh, okay. Yeah, All with the right.
1: br- from the umlaut um, over the o. Oscar's piano is uh, Bosendorfer Imperial. And that model is the one that has an extra octave at the lower end of the piano. So it's got 97 keys instead of 88. And it's nine and a half feet long. So Oscar was performing in Vienna in the late 70s. And at that point, he had been playing Steinway. But the Brissendorfer is based in Vienna and they provided the piano for his concert. And he just loved it. I mean, he later told about going back on stage after the audience was all gone so that he could play the piano more because he enjoyed and he never did that after a concert he was finished Mm -hmm. you know but he just was enjoying it so much and the um, managers of the company were in the audience and so he met them and told them how much he loved the piano and that he really would love to have one and they said well the next time you're in Vienna come and choose one which he did and in 1981 that piano the, the, person, the Imperials take 15 months to make, because they're all handmade, and that's after the wood has been drying for seven years. So his piano was completed in 1981 and moved into the house in, in Mississauga that year. And um, that,
2: that must have been a chore.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I wasn't there, but I was there when it moved out of that house, and it was scary my really scary anxiety (laughs) time, the piano going out down the stairs, the back door through the backyard and then up a hill. (laughs) Uh, They needed two teams of piano movers because the piano is so heavy and big, but Oscar loved it. He loved the action of the piano and he loved the extra octave, which he would use, but also even without playing those notes, they would add depth. They would add richness to the sound when he played them. On their own, they they weren't really an appealing sound. But when you add them into everything else, it, it mm-hmm. it's incredible. But also, just because they're there, those strings are really long. And then they resonate. So you get all the o- other overtones.
2: I understand he tried out a few of them or and yeah. before yes, he, he, he chose did. the one that he wanted. Yes, so he could had... tell a difference in tones between the different.
1: He, oh, yeah. absolutely. Each one would feel different and sound different. And he was actually in the uh, in the factory showroom with his bassist at the time, Niels Henning, or said Pedersen, the Dane. And Niels could play the piano also. And Niels was going and trying them out. And Oscar was on the first or second piano. And Niels came and said, hey, there's one down the line. And Oscar said, don't tell me, let me let me find it myself. <laughs> and when Oscar got to that one, it was the same one that Niels had said. And Oscar said, okay, this is it. And the Breslendorfer president said, well, no, you have to keep trying them all. We want you to keep trying them all. And Oscar said, oh, but this is the one. And they said, no, keep going. So he tried a few more and then he went back to that one. And he would try a couple more and go back to that one. And he finally said, no, this is the one that I want. And they said... That's very interesting because this piano is the one that we have used a new technology on for voicing and tuning. And it's kind of like a truth machine that that they had just developed. So it made it so that the voicing of the instrument and the tuning was just absolutely perfect. That's, and that's the piano that Oscar selected.
2: Oh, for gosh, that's fascinating really is.
1: So, so and the piano technician who worked with me for taking care of the piano that whole time that we were recording Oscar with Love was this was in Vienna at that time. And there the day that Oscar chose his piano because he was working in Vienna training to be a Bösendorfer technician oh. and was and had become the technician and was working on all the pianos at the factory. So you so had kind him. of like full circle. You know?
2: Yeah, and you had him come in and uh check the piano out, I guess. Uh
1: yeah. Well he had all he had been taking care of the piano for Oscar regularly, coming to tune it and make sure it was okay. And then for this project I just said to him, I'm gonna need you every day that we're recording, you know, so we can get the piano tuned for each artist. And and he said, Absolutely. So in the book you would see his picture, especially the one with our dog Smedley across his <laughs> <life>. <laughs> But
2: But I think he recommended that the piano had to be played, right? Because it wasn't getting played.
1: Yeah, well, was he it? wasn't the one. It was the, the head technician from Vienna had oh, come okay. to Toronto for some meetings. Yamaha, in the interim, had bought Rosendorf. And the head technician from Vienna was in Toronto and said I would like to go and see Mr. Peterson's piano and you know give it a a really good once over even though George had always done that mm-hmm. the this man you know said I would like to and he came in he's the one who said it you know it's really in fabulous condition but it needs to be played
2: Oliver Jones playing Oscar Peterson's Céline's Waltz on Mr. Peterson's Busendorfer piano. And that's from the Oscar with Love collection. And we'll talk with Kelly Peterson about the Oscar with Love project right after this. Beautiful music with cherished memories. This is Elevator Club.
1: The head technician from Vienna was in Toronto and said, I would like to go and see Mr. Peterson's piano and, you know, give it a, a really good once over. Even though George had always done that, mm-hmm. the this man, you know, said, I would like to. And he came and he's the one who said, "It you know, it's really in fabulous condition, but it needs to be played.
2: And that inspired you, I, I take it, to create the Oscar with Love albums.
1: Yes. It did. I mean, the first thing it inspired me to do was to call Robbie Botosh and say, who's living in Toronto, a fabulous pianist and who had become a friend. Uh, and I said, Robbie, you need to come to my house once a week and practice. <laughs> he said, I can't do that. No. And I said, yeah. Well, of course he couldn't, but he did come a few times. And then I, I want, I'd been trying to figure out what to do do for introducing the world to more of Oscar's compositions and I had a few different recording ideas in mind but one of them was you know to have other pianists record his compositions and with that thought of the piano needing to be played then I thought well since I, I've i never made a record never produced a recording before I don't quite know how to go about it uh, but And at the same time, I had been introduced to a wonderful recording engineer, Blaise Favre, who lives in Switzerland, who was a dear friend of, a very dear friend of Oscars and mine, named Jacques Mouyal, a man who also had worked with Norman Granz. Jacques introduced me to Blaise, and so I thought, well, and Blaise was working part of the time in Canada and part of the time in Switzerland, so I thought what if we just have pianists come to our house and use oscars piano and we have you know our friends who just happen to be the greatest living jazz pianist mm-hmm. have them come and record oscars compositions on oscars piano how hard could that be <laughs> <laughs> Well, a friend of mine later said, you know, Kelly, this was probably the most complicated project you could start with because of all the logistics of getting everybody there and moving people in and out and, and all of that. But it didn't seem like it. We had a, we had a great time. And, and actually, I've been reminded by um, memories cropping up on social media, you know, that it was seven years ago this week that we started. Is before. that right? Kota Ozone was first on Thanksgiving Sunday in 2014.
0: Ooh.
2: Oscar Peterson and Singers Unlimited with Louis Bonfa's Gentle Rain. And before that, we heard from Makaro Ozoni, music from the Oscar with Love collection. And that was Oscar Peterson's The Contessa. After the break and in the second hour of the program, Kelly Peterson will continue with her story about the Oscar with Love project. And more music from Oscar Peterson on this very special edition of Elevator Club Oscar with love. More great music from The Elevator Club with Gord Bibby. And welcome to the second hour. If you've just joined us, we're presenting a special elevator club feature, Oscar with Love. And we're in conversation with Kelly Peterson, who put together just a most remarkable, in fact, I would call it a work of art, most remarkable collection of Oscar Peterson's compositions entitled Oscar with Love. And we'll continue with more about that project after we hear from the legendary band leader, Count Basie, along with Oscar Peterson. And I'm confessin' that I love you, here on Elevator Club. piano duet with Oscar Peterson and Count Basie, featuring Louis Belson on drums and John Hurt on bass. That was Al Nilberg's. I'm Confessing That I Love You. And our conversation with Kelly Peterson continues regarding the Oscar with Love project. Well, I could certainly tell from the pictures in the book section that you were having a good time.
1: We had a really good time. It was just fun. It was hectic, Um, that first period of time especially. And I, prior to that, like several months earlier, I had presented this idea to the record company in Toronto, and they said, great, you know, we'll license this from you after you do it. So go ahead and I said, great. And I had booked, Blaze was going to be here and I had booked eight artists to record. And then when I finally got the draft agreement from the record company, I thought, oh no, I, I can't. The fee they were offering for it was far below the budget. And I just thought, no, I can't do that. And then I didn't know what to do, but I thought, well, this is too good. Everybody's, I mean, the timing that, that these people are here that I have it all set up. This was like late August. I thought, well, I have it all set up. I can work with the pianist. I can, Blaise said, you don't have to pay me right away. You know, everybody was saying, you don't have to, like, we'll just, we'll do it. And then I'll have something that then I can work. I'd have something recorded. Mm -hmm. So we went ahead and did it. And it turned out to be so much fun. And Celine, social media whiz, that she was, because I didn't want people to know I was doing It had to be secret until we were ready to announce it it had to be secret but Celine said but mom we have to we have to promote it on social media we have to do something so she made a hashtag kelly's secret project <laughs> and every day that we recorded we would take pictures with the artist at the piano and she would post you know kelly's secret project day 1 day 2 day 3 and my niece called me from Rochester and said aunt kelly kelly's secret project is trending. <laughs> oh my god. So Celine knew what she was doing and it it just generated a lot of excitement and enthusiasm and it was a crazy hectic time. We had this arrangement with a fabulous daycare place for dogs where they used to go for afternoon outings where I had been sending them anyway and we and they would come and pick the dogs up, take them out for the day to their place where they could run and run and run and then bring them back. So We did that every day with the dogs because the piano studio was directly under the living room and I couldn't have people walking across the floor while we were recording. So then we had this elaborate system where I had my cell phone on silent, but if somebody was coming to the door, Celine would be upstairs and she would text me. And then I would let her know when we could take a pause in recording. (laughs) (laughs) Like when the dogs were coming, cam had to text us and say okay we're down the block let me know when i can come and bring the dogs back you know and then it was just it was crazy and part of what i always did when oscar was alive and had his quartet come for some rehearsals before going on tour i would be cooking it gave me great pleasure to feed everybody so i was making dinners all the time so for the recording, I wanted to do the same thing. And I was making lunch and dinner every day, plus downstairs in the studio. And at night before I'd go to bed, I would get stuff ready for the next day. It was oh my goodness. crazy, crazy. And and Celine was going to the airport to take people, <laughs> to pick people up and bring them, and then to take people back to get their flights and, and take people to the hotel. And, you know, we had the living room set up with uh, Tracy Nolan, the photographer. So she had her backdrop set up and... All the pictures would get taken each day with the artists, and, and then we'd be downstairs recording. It was just, it was exhilarating.
2: <laughs> and exhausting.
1: <laughs> and exhausting. But, a but good I didn't kind. feel exhausted until it was all over.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite tracks on the Oscar with Love compilation albums is If You Only Knew with Benny Green. Let's listen to that now.
0: Beautiful
2: music. You're listening to the most beautiful music in the world, Elevator Club.
3: night along the Susquehanna lonely fields of moonlight and the sky not a single leaf a quiver as silently the river flowed by There were stars along the Susquehanna Not a cloud was anywhere in sight For the wind that bends the willow Had settled on the pillow of night Boats a-huffin' and a-puffin' round the river bend Slowly disappeared from view Drifting across the water came the echo of a phonograph Playing something soft and blue There was love along the Susquehanna I should know for I was there with you When we lived a lover's drama along the Susquehanna
2: Oscar Peterson singing Hosquana from his 1957 album Soft Sands that was arranged by Buddy Bregman and produced by Norman Granz. I asked Kelly Peterson, how come Oscar didn't do more vocals throughout his recording career? And the answer quite surprised me. The project has three CDs. I've listened to all of them. You did such a wonderful job with putting this all together. And I'm familiar with some of the artists. My forte is really easy listening music. I got introduced to Oscar with some of his earlier albums, such as Soft Sands that he mm-hmm. did in 1957 and In a Romantic Mood that uh, he did with Russ Garcia in 1956. He did some vocals, and I wonder why he didn't enlarge on his vocal repertoire because I thought he had just a great voice, very Nat Cole esque. <laughs> He was shy about singing, was he, or?
1: No, he stopped singing because of a deal that he and Nat made.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So they were friends, and Nat came to hear Oscar at one point somewhere, and Oscar would often close a concert with a vocal, singing tenderly, mm-hmm. usually. And so Nat heard him one time, and because they do sound very much alike, their voices are very similar. Afterwards, Nat said, listen, I'm going to make a deal with you. You stop singing and I'll stop playing piano. <laughs> and Oscar said, Well, I don't like that deal because I love your piano playing. Nat was one of the big influences on yeah, Oscar yes, and on yeah. his style. You know, he said, I don't like that deal. And Nat said, Yeah, but I don't want the competition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so that's
0: funny. So they
1: made that deal and Oscar stopped singing until after Nat passed away. And then he made the recording called With Respect to Nat, where he sang every track. And it was with his trio singing the songs that Nat was known for. So he made that one. And then he really didn't do much more singing, although he did have a wonderful voice. He
2: must have sung at home, though, did he? Well, Not very often.
1: No? But no. occasionally. There, and there were times when we were on the road before Celine was born, when it was just the two of us. And there were times in, for instance, in Germany, where we'd stay in Munich at the hotel or in Frankfurt somewhere. And the concerts would be, you know, there'd be an hour and a half drive to a concert hall because things aren't that far apart in Europe. And we'd be based at one hotel. So in the car driving back, you know, we'd be in the backseat of the limo and he would occasionally sing, say, do you know this song? And I'd say, no anything (laughs) you know so that was always lovely oh so romantic he was a romantic I must say
3: I just found joy I'm as happy as a baby boy baby boy with another brand new choo choo toy. When I met my sweet Lorraine, 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 she's got a pair of eyes that are brighter than the summer skies. When you see them, you realize. Why I love my sweet Lorraine Now when it's raining I don't miss the sun Because it's in my baby's smile And to think that I'm the lucky one That will lead her down the aisle night, I pray that no one will steal her heart away. I can't wait until that lucky day when I marry sweet Lorraine. When it's raining, I don't miss the sun Because it's in my baby's smile And to think that I'm the lucky one That will lead her down the aisle Each night I pray That no one will steal her heart away I can't wait until that lucky day When I marry sweet Lorraine That'll be the day When I marry sweet Lorraine does things to me never before has someone been more unforgettable in every way and forevermore That's how you stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible that someone so unforgettable thinks that I am unforgettable too.
2: A good book and a glass of wine by a cozy fire. Made much more enjoyable listening to Elevator Club. That was Michelle Legrand playing Oscar Peterson's Harcourt Nights. And before the break, we heard Oscar Peterson from his In a Romantic Mood album, Tenderly, and a couple of tunes from the 1965 with respect to Nat album that he recorded after the death of Nat Cole. Unforgettable, of course, and Sweet Lorraine. Up next in our discussion with Kelly Peterson, we talk about Audrey Morris. I mentioned the, uh, the artists on, on the disc. I think the one that stood out for me, and they were all terrific, but the one that stood out for me was Audrey Morris. <laughs> uh, could you tell us a little bit about her? Her voice is still amazing.
1: She was extremely special. Oscar met Audrey in Chicago when he first started playing The London House. Because she she lived in Chicago, she was a singer and pianist, she accompanied herself all the time, and she opened for him, or was playing at the London House when he was also playing there. So he met her, and they became instant friends. She also had an incredible sense of humor. She was, as you could tell, very talented. He loved her singing, he loved her playing, and she was funny and entertaining and she was just so well loved by so many of the jazz artists who went through Chicago. And Audrey, like Oscar said, she could have done so much more, but she she wanted to stay in Chicago. She chose to stay there. Her husband was a school teacher, a music teacher, and also played saxophone. They became very very close friends. Oscar used to stay at Audrey's home when he was playing at the london house he'd be there for a week or two weeks and stay with her and they'd stay up really late at night drinking something called green death <laughs> which like creme de menthe and chartreuse mixed together i mean just can't even imagine <laughs> so, you know and and listening to music and i mean the first time oscar heard Niels henning on record was one that audrey played for him
0: oh, for God so God. they
1: were very very close friends and and of course once I came into his life and Saleem was born, they, you know, we all, we were they're like family for us. And we spent mm-hmm. a, as much time with Audrey and Stu as we could. So I knew that that album would not be complete without Audrey. It was just better for her to play a standard and sing a standard that she knew rather than a song of Oscars, because there aren't many with lyrics. There mm-hmm. are a few, but it would have been harder and more challenging and all of that. And that was a song that Oscar used to request that she played all the time. So I thought that was the most important one. But she was really something. and The, the engineer and my co-producer were just bowled over by her recording because they said, you know, she sat down to the piano, she played, she sang, and then barely did they finish before she'd say, okay, well, that was okay. And then she'd start to get up and we'd look <laughs> they'd say, no, no, that was she said, well, that was sort of OK. Say, no, that was great. You know? <laughs> so she was such a sweetheart, unfortunately and sadly, she passed away a few years ago oh. and we miss her terribly.
2: Well, her talent certainly does come across on her performance.
1: I'm really glad that she stood out for you.
2: Yes. Before I actually saw her picture, I thought she was a much younger Younger woman, but her voice just held right up. Yeah, Yeah,
1: she's really, she was so, so special. I met you.
3: Oh baby, look what you done to me.
2: You are listening to the beautiful music of Elevator Club. I know Oscar was a mentor and he taught young people piano. Is any of the organizations that he set up, are they still operational and young people still getting benefit of his talent?
1: Well, there are a couple of his compositions that are included in the curriculum for the Royal Conservatory of Music. And the Royal Conservatory of Music, they have two schools. They have their professional school, which is the Glenn Gould School. And then they have their community school, which is for everyone, children, adults, everyone to learn music. And they just named the community school, the Oscar Peterson School of Music. So students are now attending the Oscar Peterson School of Music. There is an endowment at York University for Oscar that the province gave after he passed away with a chair for jazz studies and students studying things there. Teachers teach his music to the students Mm -hmm. and, and and his legacy kind of carries on with him being an inspiration for young musicians but also the the thing that really made me happy when i was asked by the royal conservatory of music for permission to use his name on their school is that that's for everyone you know it's not for people who intend to have a career in music necessarily it's for everyone and music education was so important to oscar and it is so important for all of us studying music enhances every other aspect of learning for everyone and it's it's critical
2: so it in- increases so, something called spatial IQ which helps you with math well exactly and oscar
1: used to say you know musicians are the best mathematicians yeah. <laughs> you know I'll, he said you know who else can put this many beats you know this many notes and divide that into four beats you know
2: (laughs) that's right yeah
1: you know it's quite important so i would say like it's not that there's a program specifically that he set up but people do refer to lessons that he gave and refer to his music and also look at what he stood for and admire his dedication to music education
2: Oscar Peterson's influence as an artist extended worldwide and inspired many young artists. It so happens that I have a couple of tracks in my library from a 2006 album entitled From the Heart, a tribute to Oscar Peterson. Listen to these two young-at-heart musicians who drew inspiration from Oscar Peterson. Bernie Sineski with On My Mind and Bill King with Blame It On My Youth. I really do appreciate, Kelly, that you took this time to speak with me and, and recount some of your memories of Oscar.
1: Let me tell you some news. There's a, a never-before-released recording coming out at the end of November, on November 26th. The second recording on my Two Lines Records label and in my collaboration with Mac Avenue Records. And it's Oscar with his quartet recorded live in Helsinki In 1987, the recording is called A Time for Love, and it will be available starting November 26th. Right now, we've got one track that's available for streaming to listen to called Cool Walk. It's the opening track of the recording.
2: And this concert that was previously unreleased, was it?
1: That's right. It was yeah. recorded in Helsinki for radio broadcast in Finland and was broadcast November of 87. They maybe broadcast it shortly after the concert or within the next year, but then it's not been heard since.
2: Well, I'll certainly give a plug. And Oscar with Love is also available on uh, Amazon and other yes. sites as well.
1: Yes. And we're also in the process now of setting up the online store on, on Oscar's website, Back Avenue. So Oscar with Love will be available there as well as A Time for Love will be available there. But Oscar with Love is available at Amazon. The set that I sent you is the deluxe version of CDs that has the 100 page book. And that's the one to get because it's got so much in it. There's also a standard version that doesn't have the big book in it. And then there's a five LP set. And for people who really are audiophiles, the vinyl is incredible to listen to
2: finals coming back
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i i love it it makes me very happy that vinyl is coming back oh and uh, sorry just one other thing starting next yeah a week from today there's a new documentary about oscar that will begin airing on crave it's called oscar peterson black and white it premiered here at tiff last month and it's a wonderful film so that's another oscar well there
2: you go and you were i guess involved in that project too were you
1: I consulted on it. That it's not my film. Barry Averich is the filmmaker and did a beautiful job. He consulted with me oh, and interviewed me for the film.
2: Lots of archival footage, I imagine. All
1: kinds of archival footage. They scoured the world and found footage that I'd never seen. Oh. So essentially, the film is Oscar telling the story in his own words oh, and for... and a lot of music. It, they really did a wonderful job.
2: So the timing is great for, for this program. <laughs> will <laughs> be coming at people from all directions. Well, there you have it, Oscar with love. And I'd like to thank again, very sincerely, Kelly Peterson for her time and courtesy. And I strongly recommend you go online and you order this book and CD set, Oscar with Love. It is absolutely a marvel. It really is a work of art. I'd like to thank you again for listening and uh, hope you enjoyed this very special program. So until we talk again, have a great day, a great week, and please remember to take it easy.